This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. I'm calling on the spirits of everyone who ever died in this house. If you're present, give us a sign. Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Ah! Trevor here on behalf of the Boo Crew with your Boo Crew Gorecast, curating your horror experience for the week of Friday, March 12th and beyond. American International presents new heights in horror never before filmed. New on streaming Netflix has the Block Island Sound starring the ranger himself, Jeremy Holm, Michaela McManus, Jim Cummings, and Chris Sheffield about a woman who returns to Block Island to find that her father is suffering from mysterious blackouts and hallucinations. On Shudder, a group of ex-cons get trapped in a haunted Victorian mansion in Stay Out of the Attic. In theaters this weekend, Honeydew, starring Sawyer Spielberg, described as a cross between Hansel and Gretel and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We are all about that. Catch it on VOD April 13th. And in theaters and VOD, Anthony Scott Burns Come True, starring Julia Sarah Stone as 18-year-old Sarah, who signs up for a sleep study at the university and wakes up to a mind-altering nightmare. For them, an idyllic summer afternoon drive became a nightmare. This week, coming your way on Boo-Ray and DVD, Promising Young Woman, Mina Savari and Rain Wilson's Don't Tell a Soul, Michael Bay's pandemic thriller Songbird, and Steve Kostansky's unforgettable Gorefest Psycho Goreman. Those are all out Tuesday, March 16th. Oh, my God. Demoparaxonite. Whoever wields it is able to command me. Go over there. And wait for us to come back in the morning. You will suffer an eternity for this. Bye. Currently in theaters and on demand, the EDM slasher Dreamcatcher, starring Nikki Koss. Find her on episode 206 of The Boo Crew. Ivan Kavanaugh's spectacular son with Andy Matichek and Emil Hirsch. Episode 204 and 205. Paul W.S. Anderson's Monster Hunter is on Blu-ray and DVD. And here on episode 189, and don't miss Keith Thomas's spectacular The Vigil. We chat with him on episode 202. Groovy. This week on the Boo Crew episode 207, we talk with four-time Grammy nominee, singer-songwriter, and fan of all things spooky, the amazing Phoebe Bridgers. I find a lot of joy in kind of goth everything. It just makes my life easier. Like, that's what I look for in stories and movies. I think I just grew up around it, so so I uh, gravitate towards it. In horror headlines, Sigourney Weaver reveals why James Cameron's Aliens was her favorite one to make. The Nightmare Before Christmas young adult sequel novel from Disney will tell Sally's story. High Tension and Crawl director Alexandra Aja is back with Netflix thriller Oxygen in May. And Florence Pugh recalls filming brutally emotional Midsommar sequence. For more on these stories and your only place for horror news, it's bloodydisgusting.com. What are your qualifications? What do you think of this? That is your Boo Crew gore cast for the week of Friday, March 12th. Make sure to follow and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Production tracks provided by Power Man 5000. We'll leave you with a dive into the Boo Crew crypt. <laughs> and a moment from episode 69 with Megan Fox. Till next time, it is a Boo Crew saying sweet scream. I'm actually very, very sensitive to paranormal things and activity and spirits and ghosts or whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm sensitive to spiritual activity. And so I can't watch 
anything, whether it's something, a TV show like Ghost Hunters, it's been outlawed in our home because I end up having really crazy, horrific nightmares and experiences after watching it. I can't open myself up to that. So I don't watch anything that's really violent. I can't handle the horror genre or anything paranormal in general. This movie though, and even back at the time when I took this movie, I was still as sensitive, but I didn't realize it. However, I didn't feel like this movie was a straight up. It's not really a horror movie. I mean, I guess it is, but it's also to me, it always read more as a comedy and with some horror elements, which is why I was more drawn to it. I've never done. Sometimes I forget all the stuff I've done to, to the best of my knowledge. And as, as my memory serves me, I don't believe I've ever done anything that falls into the straight up horror genre. But that's a long answer to your question. The simple answer is no, I'm not a big horror genre fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm curious. Did you, was there some sort of incident that you had or something that was happening when you were younger that gave you like that paranormal kind of that sense of reality of that? Do you mean like, was I struck by lightning and then started seeing, <laughs> seeing spirits? No, but I, I've just always had it. You know, honestly, it could have something to do with, I think we're all prone to it. I was raised in the South in a Pentecostal church where they would, you know, do exorcisms on people that walked into the church that they thought were possessed by demons. And the women and children would have to leave because we were considered... It, in the Pentecostal Christian religion, women and children are considered weaker and more susceptible to being possessed. So we would have to leave the church while the men would stay behind and perform the exorcisms. But regardless, you know, my own father was part of that. He would perform some of the exorcisms. And just in general, the whole church, that's the church, uh, if you're not familiar, where some of them handle snakes. Our church didn't handle snakes, but we also, you know, speak in tongues and get the Holy Ghost. And it's one of those types of churches. So that I definitely saw a lot of things when I was young young, very, very young at church. And then as I grew, I just had all sorts of different paranormal experiences. I never had like a a near death experience, which a lot of people have, especially like, you know, most shamans usually have some sort of near death experience that allows them to sort of transcend and see the parallel universe. And I've never had anything like that. But I just I'm highly sensitive to spirits that linger around. So anytime I travel, and I travel a lot, and especially anytime I travel to England, which is particularly haunted for some reason, I know instantly when I go into a hotel room, if there's a spirit or multiple spirits there. So I'm a pain in the ass when we travel because I'll go into a room and they'll try to give me the best room that they have and it won't be okay. And we'll have to go through all the available rooms in the hotel before I find one that's the least haunted or hopefully not haunted at all. Yes. I mean, I think your original question was, did I have an original experience? that sparked it. No, I think I was born this way, but I think I was also raised in an environment that was ripe for this to develop even further. Is there one specific place that you've gone that has been the most haunted? So many. I mean, I could give you one of the most recent ones was when I was actually doing this show that I was doing about for Travel Channel about archaeological controversies. When we were out visiting Stonehenge, I stayed at this estate that used to be a a mansion and they've turned it into a, a hotel. It's a five-star hotel now. And they put me in their nicest room, which was sort of off at the outskirts of the hotel. And as soon as I walked in, I was there with my sister and my nephews. They were traveling with me. And as soon as I walked in, I was like, yeah, no, I can't. I can't stay in this room. There's there's definitely something here. And my sister was like, I'll take it. And I was like, okay, great. So you take this room. And I said to them, literally give me the smallest room you have where I can see every corner, where I can see everything from the bed. I don't want any hidden spaces. Give me a tiny room, tiny bathroom. That's what I want. Find it for me. They found it for me. It felt better, but there was still just something 
about that place that I knew was off. And usually if there's a lot of spiritual activity there or spirits are trapped, you can tell because no matter how new something is or if it's been refurbished, it always looks at least partially dilapidated. It's decaying somehow. If you pay attention to the details, like the corners of the floorboards and things like that, something's always off about it, even if it's just recently been redone. So I knew something was off and I was telling everyone on the crew, I was like, look, I got a switch. They're like, well, we're staying in a Holiday Inn. I was like, great, put me there. I don't I don't want to be here. I have to move. I ended up moving and going to another town in Bath, which was a different place and had a better experience there. But after I left, one of the producers who's very analytical, like all prefrontal cortex, no limbic brain activity, he only believes in what can be seen and proven. He took my room and he had an insane experience there where he was trying to take a nap and something was holding him down on the bed and he couldn't break free until he screamed out. He finally was able to scream. You know, it's that that feeling of where you're paralyzed and he screamed out enough and it let go of him and he sat up and then it pounded on the bed on either side of him. And so he went to the other producers and told them and then they all agreed not to tell me because they didn't want me to know that I was right because they had all kind of been making fun of me for having to move because I thought the hotel was haunted. Needless to say, they do their research and they find out that that hotel is built on one of the largest burial mounds in all of England. So there Whoa. are wow. Yeah, wow. not only like, you know, not even dozens of bodies buried, but there are hundreds and hundreds of bodies buried on that property. So it was very, very haunted. I didn't see or hear anything. It was more like, it's like it drains my vitality. It drains my life force and I start feeling really sick and I start feeling depressed. And that's when I know those feelings are not my own and that something is trying to sort of use me as a conduit or talk through me or or take my energy for itself. And so that's when I know I have to get out. The Boo Crew will be right back. This is the sound of a normal heart. Now, listen to that same heart subjected to a night of total terror. <laughs> night of the living dead. The dead who live on living flesh. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. The living whose bodies are the only food for these ungodly creatures. Night of the living dead. A bizarre adventure in fear. An experience in shock more shattering than your strangest nightmare. Night of the living dead a night of total terror Megan, I'm curious, have you ever felt the presence of good spirits or something peaceful? Yeah, definitely. We we rented a house pretty recently in Malibu, actually, where the, the family that lived there, the father had passed away. He was only in his 50s. He had passed away from colon cancer. And he was still very active in that house. And he would do things like he was there and he wanted to communicate with my mom a lot for some reason when she would visit. But he would also do things like I have a Rottweiler. And when the Rottie was sick at night, he would turn, not the Rottie, 
body, the ghost, <laughs> the spirit, <laughs> the, the spirit would turn on the fire alarm only in the master bedroom and only for a few seconds just to wake Brian and I up so that we would go check the house and then we would see that the Roddy was about to get sick and we could take him outside and help him and little things like that. He did it all the time or he woke me up one time. I was sleeping and there was just something in my ear saying, go check the stove, go check the stove. And we left one of the pilot lights on on the stove. So he did things like that to, to protect us and watch over us. Talk a little bit about coming up with the idea of going out and doing that show, Legends of the Lost, which is fantastic. Were you a big fan of like ancient aliens and all that stuff yeah. before yes. going into that? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ancient aliens is maybe my favorite. I don't watch a lot of TV, but it's my favorite show of all time. And it definitely is what sparked the whole idea for me because I, I started watching it years ago and it was the first time where I really started questioning everything I had been taught. And around the same time, I had actually filmed in Egypt and the head of antiquities had taken Shia and myself up to the top of the Great Pyramid. And he had disclosed some information to me, which I probably shouldn't repeat. But essentially, he told me, hey, what we claim to know is not what we know. And we actually think that maybe this is something else. And so that all was sort of happening at the same time. And I was like, you know, my God, we've been lied to about this stuff for so long. And what is all of this? And so I I do love archaeology. I do love anthropology. Those are things that are very interesting to me. If I was alive in the 30s, I think I would have been an anthropologist and gone and lived with some tribe in South America somewhere and, and learned about their culture and drank ayahuasca and had to do the whole journey and do all of that. I would have loved to do that. However, I think what I love is the idea of using something like archaeology to answer the question of humanity's origins, because that's a question that I want to somehow solve or know the answer to in this lifetime, which seems like I'm setting a very high bar. But I actually think that we're nearing that time in human evolution where we're ready for a different level of consciousness and we're ready to know some of that information that's been lost over the centuries. And so initially, the show started and I had pitched it and actually sold it to a streaming service and it was in pre-production ended up getting killed because they got a new head of non-scripted that came in but initially I went in and I basically was like I think I know where the Ark of the Covenant is I think it was real I think I know who has it and I think that if any human being stands the chance of being granted permission to see it it's me and for whatever reason like I'm Neo in the Matrix it's me I've been chosen I know it I know I can do it and essentially we sold a show like that that and that show ended up getting killed, of course. And then people probably don't know how it works behind the scenes. You have network executives that come and go really often in these networks and they all want something different. It's like now everything's trending towards supernatural or now everything's trending towards, you know, we only want something science based. And eventually the show ended up being where we settled and we were like, okay, look, let's just do a show where we go to places that are hot topics in archaeology right now because there are things that we thought were set or we thought we knew enough about it, but now they're actually starting to discover more about it and questioning what we always thought we knew. That seemed like a happy medium because most people were obviously afraid to hand over 500 grand an episode for me to go to Africa and try to hunt down the Ark of the Covenant, which is understandable. Um, but that was the initial dream. And I haven't given up on that dream. I do think that I do think that there's something there that I'm meant to do with that 
in particular. And for people that don't know, I'll, I'll let you know, there's this group of monks in Axum, Ethiopia, who claim to have had the Ark of the Covenant for many, many years. It's supposedly been in Africa forever. And they house it in a church there. And the way it works is they don't volunteer to guard it. They're chosen because no one actually wants to guard it. Because when you guard it, these guys are getting really sick. If you visit there, they won't let you all the way in, but they'll come to the gates. And if you're a Westerner, they'll beg you for medicine because they're getting cataracts. And some of them have died from radiation exposure. They're begging for medicine and they'll tell you it's because of the ark. So who knows what is actually in there, but it does seem that they have something. You know, they've never let a Western person in, but I just think, I just think that they'll look into my eyes and they'll see, they'll see that I have, I'm the soul. I'm the one, I'm the chosen one that's meant to see it to bring it into light for whatever reason, because it there is something, there's some kind of technology that they have there. Why would these people be exposed to radiation in the middle of Ethiopia? That makes no sense. So that's an interesting story, regardless of whether or not I end up uncovering the Ark of the Covenant. I just think that's a story that should be told because most people don't know it. And something fascinating is going on there. By the way, did you ever travel to Chichen Itza in the Yucatan, Mexico, or Tikal in Guatemala to see those pyramids? No, I've never been there. I want to be there. That's absolutely on my list. We only did four episodes of the show. And if we were we're going to do more. Those were places that I also wanted to go, but I want to be able to go explore those places from not, I want to say a mindset of ancient aliens, but I don't want it to be locked into traditional archaeology because that's selling everyone. It's not encompassing what's actually going on there. If I have to only participate as like a really left-brained individual. So I do want to go there, but I want to explore it my way. So we're working on that now, trying to figure out how I can do that. I am going to eat your soul and shit. This is Megan Fox, and when I'm not busy devouring souls, I'm listening to the Boo Crew Podcast. A bloody disgusting podcast network, home of the Boo Crew, horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy, or disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.